0: No, you won't mess it up yeah. anymore if we do a high five like once the high five happens we're good <laughs> there we go okay yeah. <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> all right alexa please stop the music please don't stop the music <laughs> do you remember those days do you remember the remember the club life
1: i do remember the club life
0: yeah good times <sighs> Good times. was deal with this gonna out? I can always count on you to love music as much as I do.
2: Yeah. <sighs> I miss I miss
1: going to live music clubs. That's what I miss the most. I'm like, dang, like nobody's performing. It's like like I miss I miss going to see like just good artists and discovering new people, um, and hearing new people that I never heard before, especially at Cedars Club in LA. Sayers Club, that was the spot I would go there every, like, Friday, mm-hmm.
2: Friday
1: night. And they would have Black artists, you know, new Black artists, some of which I knew.
2: And yeah. uh,
1: it was fire. It was a really dope vibe. And I miss it. I just miss seeing my friends perform. I miss seeing people perform.
0: I'll use this as an opportunity to shout out. Uh, there was a local band, local to the Philadelphia and New Jersey area. The Sensational Soul Cruisers.
2: The Just the name soul
0: Just the name alone. I okay. <sighs> they covered every soul song that you could possibly think of off the top of your head right now. That's it. And Me it was live. Is. I think they were like a 13 piece band. Like it was real. Yes, then and when they would wild. listen, I believe they had four horns in a horn section. And when they would conquer Earth, Wind and Fire Tracks. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, they had a Soprano that would kill that, yo. Nice. I love you, so much. Did you get to watch the Versus
1: Battle last night?
2: So,
0: first? yeah, I popped in and out. Unfortunately, I couldn't catch the whole thing. But, mm-hmm. like, the few minutes that I tuned in, and Ron Isley was uh, working on giving me a baby. Like, I, was, I had <laughs> become the first. He was working on making me pregnant when I did right. tune in. And then the yeah. other snippet that I caught, After Ron Isley sang, like, a baby-making song, was D-Nice DJing the whole thing. Like, he was the one that was controlling what came next. So, Ron Isley was making babies all across the world, all over the world. world. And then, after he finished, he went to go sit down, and Earth, Wind & Fire had to jump up. And I want to say they did... It wasn't Boogie Wonderland. It was, like, a super dance track.
2: So, Ron Isley had me, like,
0: mmm mmm, then they switched it. I was like, oh, Boogie Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, was... <laughs>
1: I'm
0: like, why did they switch it up like that?
1: Right, it was...
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes! 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 And I was just like, yo, the fact that they can still get up there in that in that higher range, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So, before we officially get started, I do want to continue to just have a comfy conversation, but I also would like to know if you don't mind grabbing headphones of some sort because my Echo... Unfortunately, is coming through. Okay. Um. There are so many things to unveil in this conversation today. <laughs> For that thing. reason, I'm like, okay, wait, let's get started, because that just reminded me that there are more ways than one that we can just like peel back the layers of Zachariah Schmidt. <sighs>
2: <laughs> All right. First and foremost,
0: let's do it. I want to thank you for taking out the time to even sit and be a part of this conversation. That's very meaningful to me. And you could have been spending time doing anything else. Like, you know, being an amazing photographer and editing the phenomenal photos that you've taken lately. But instead of editing right now, I have the pleasure of sitting with you. You're here on the Mirage Podcast. And we're gonna dive deep and uncover all of the reasons why you are one of the brightest people I've ever met. Zachariah Schmidt, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here.
2: What
1: an intro. The pleasure is mine. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. So I, I really appreciate you.
0: That was it looks like you've been practicing that reply. You've been on a podcast
1: before. <laughs> no, you just make it so easy. I honestly I, I'm oh. honestly not great at interviews like you make it just so easy because it's just like I feel like I'm just talking to you like it's not. You
2: know. Yes.
0: And thank you for saying that. That is my mission. That's what I go for. In my mind, this is a FaceTime call. What's mm-hmm. up? <laughs> exactly. I just exactly. with just a little sprinkle of like, hey world. Just make sure you really listen, cause you need to hear what he has to say, cause it's amazing. Just a sprinkle of that in there. Yeah. But other than that, it's a combo between the two of us. How mm-hmm. far back do we go, Zach?
1: <laughs> Ooh, we go back probably like, I would say like eight years, like a solid eight years, I think. Okay. Yeah, through, through social media, and Vine and stuff. Yeah, no. Eight. Vine eight is eight is a eight years. Vine, vine, like,
0: <laughs> vine. And I want mm. to think. I want to remember when being on Vine. Like, what was I even posting? I feel like. I saw you as a dancer, one yep. of your many talents.
2: Yep, I uh,
1: I was dancing on Vine. That was the main thing. Um, and you as well you were dancing on vine. I was uh, always, okay. Uh, I followed you because you were also a dancer So
0: and that's what I was trying to remember. I'm like wait. Did I just mm-hmm. sing on vine? Maybe I just sang but yeah. no No, but then you can sing too. Were you singing on vine as well as dancing
1: a little bit? I think I, I think I posted like a couple of singing videos Yeah, but it was it was real hard for me because like because like the seven seconds like how do I impress people with my voice? In seven in seven seconds? <laughs> it was like difficult so I'm like, I don't Always, think, I don't think... He's done. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think Vine was my platform, uh, really. mm. Viddy was my well, platform.
0: <laughs> Viddy, okay, I've never even been on Viddy. Yeah. So almost a decade now of mm. me seeing you be so multi-talented and fearless. Now, okay, question, mm. when mm. you were on Vine, were you still at home?
1: I was still at home, yeah, I was back home okay. in Wisconsin, yeah.
0: Wow, okay, so we would have connected while you were in Wisconsin, and then our connection, our our internet friendship, you know, regardless of how it blossomed, when it blossomed, you made the decision, the fearless and courageous decision to, you know what, I'm going to L.A. Tell me, tell me your one, if you could summarize it in one sentence, in one sentence, I'm going to L.A. because...
1: I'm going to LA because God told me it was time.
0: Mm, time to do what, Zach?
1: Time to start a new life in LA like time to time to branch out. you know, Wisconsin wasn't serving me anymore. it was just wow. it was just time. I mean, there's been, you know there was, you know a time period before I actually like decided that this is the time that I wanted to move, and it just didn't work out, but mm-hmm. but like I was in just a very. A very good place spiritually and just in a place of knowing that mm. this is the time right now to move and and just pack up all my stuff and like this is the date I'm I'm leaving and that's that's it I'm going and I felt you know I feel like I uh this isn't so much a advice is just it's just my experiences I just felt a peace about it like mm. I just felt I just felt a like a piece about about moving you know because yeah because sometimes you know people do things and they do it scared and it works out <laughs> you know yes but but like I how I operate is I move based on a feeling of peace like if it doesn't yes. bring me peace I don't I just don't gravitate towards it I don't do it amen
0: um, so I love that you yeah. said that I'm definitely going to bring that back up later um we'll, we'll have another conversation about spirituality overall and what it means to feel like you're at peace with certain things so that'll come back up in conversation I don't want to step too far away from um, the geographical aspect is that a word okay we're gonna pretend yeah, like it is, is for right now I think it's, okay okay is I'm like geographic word. geographical um yeah. Wisconsin yeah uh, before we branch out into the super exciting story of you getting to LA and everything that has happened since you've been there which what year did you get to LA?
1: 2015.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. let's let's rewind to before about 6 years ago. Yeah. You said Wisconsin was not necessarily serving you and we, it's like, no offense, Wisconsin, you know, we don't want to offend the people that are being served there, you know, that do call it home, that do love and appreciate Wisconsin. Cool. Mm -hmm. But I would like to know from you personally, what were some of the things that were on your mind or that you were struggling with? What was kind of showing you, all right, you may not belong here in particular, what were some of your experiences?
1: Well, I mean, the main thing is, you know, Wisconsin isn't necessarily a hub of entertainment. <laughs> you, know, mm, it's, right. it's, you know, I'm an entertainer. I sing, I dance and I act. So those aren't things that I could really flourish in in Wisconsin yeah. the way that I wanted to. I wanted to be on I wanted to be in film and TV. Not really. A, there's no nothing for me in Wisconsin yeah. for that. Um, you know, there's stage, there's like local theater, there's like dinner theater, there's like the, the local performing arts college. Um, but I didn't really, that wasn't really my lane. I, I just, I wanted to be on screen rather than on stage, Yeah. Um, on stage, maybe for, you know, performing and singing, but, um, right. I just wanted to be on TV. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's main, mainly why, um, mm-hmm. and there really wasn't any networking opportunities as far as that went in Wisconsin. It just, it it's just wasn't where it was at for me. Yeah. You know? So when you say
0: day. like. LA versus New York Uh, was New York ever an option for you or were you not really thinking about going to New York because that was more theatrical
1: Um, it really didn't have anything to do with with um, it being theatrical I just I've always loved LA I've always been drawn to LA I felt like LA was where I was supposed to be and Mm. um, the weather is one thing but also I like how it's more spread out like New York everything everything's on top of each other
0: yes Um, this is true
1: Uh, yeah New York but in LA um, it's just like you can be in a place that feels more suburban and uh, then be in the city at the same time so I didn't feel like LA was such a culture shock in that way because you know I was used to driving everywhere already because I lived in the Mm -hmm. country I was used to driving where I needed to go right Um, so I didn't feel like it was much of a culture shock I felt at home really it was expensive like it was a lot more expensive for sure
0: gotcha but that's great that you already had some some things to kind of be grounded to to not feel like you're just totally tossed into the air when you got to LA you were comfortable with traveling and the way that the city was set up the areas different areas of it so that's really great yeah you didn't have to get over that hurdle of like let's say somebody that came from little tiny New Jersey little tiny South Jersey and I got out there and I'm like why does it take 30 minutes to get everywhere um, <laughs> But yeah, okay, cool, cool. Um, Wisconsin experiences, so you were saying because you wanted to be on TV, there's not a lot of that there. What are some of the things in terms of watching TV, being in, being inspired by things that you've seen on both the big screen and the little screen? Where was your desire to yeah. be on TV born? Where was that birth from?
1: I think, um... I think what it what it did, I, I've always loved movies, like, mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan of movies and how they can... You didn't be- have
0: to get over that hurdle of like, let's say, somebody that came from little tiny New Jersey, little tiny South Jersey, and I got out there and I'm like, why does it take 30 minutes to get everywhere? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, cool, cool. Um, Wisconsin experiences, so you were saying because you wanted to be on T V. There's not a lot of that there. What are some of the things in terms of watching T V being in, being inspired by things that you've seen on both the big screen and the little screen? Where was your desire to yeah. be on T V born? Where was that birth from?
1: I think um I think what it what it did I, I've always loved movies. Like mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan of movies and how they can you know, how they tell a story where they can really touch people and and um, I just felt like, you know, movies really not only not only do music, I mean, does movies really touch people, but also I got a lot of my music from movies like, yeah. you know, my, my parents, like <laughs> they didn't they didn't really, you know, I for the people who don't know, I'm adopted um, mm-hmm. and my, my family's white. And, you know, as far as like my taste in, in hip hop and R&B and stuff like that came from movies. Uh, wow. That's where I, w- I would just get movie soundtracks, you know, that's how I would find, you know, the, a lot of the music that I would listen to. Um, but other than that, I just I just like the idea of being able to, to reach a lot of people all at once and make them feel, mm. you know, when it comes to movies or music yeah. or, you know.
0: What reached you and made you feel?
1: Uh, well, my favorite movie is Antoine Fisher. Um, Ugh, That's yes. <laughs> That story is just—it hits close to home for one, and it's—it's just a beautiful story. Like, it it really, um, it really made me want to like find my biological family, and um, Mm -hmm. and it even like it even made me want to go into the into the Navy at one point, but that never happened. Oh wow! Um, But it 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 inspired me a lot. Like that movie was really, uh, it was a really, really good movie. It touched me.
0: And yeah. when you mention, I feel like you mean that you were touched more so the actor aspect of, of your identity, the musical aspect of who you are. Are there specific songs and soundtracks that come to mind uh, mm. that you know influenced your taste in music today?
1: Ooh. Um, my favorite soundtrack still to this day is the Space Jam soundtrack. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> best, best movie soundtrack. Best movie soundtrack ever. <laughs> like, it's such a good soundtrack. Like that was my introduction to hip hop so with good. Space Jam. So good. That soundtrack was my introduction to hip hop. It had Jay Z, it had LL Cool J, it had Buster Rhymes, it had Method Man, it had everybody. Monica. Growing up with a white family, they didn't they didn't watch these movies, so I had to like you know, I'm still I'm still like like constantly earning my black card with every movie I Right, watching. Oh my gosh. You know? uh I had, to, I had to earn nobody could take my black card i earned it because i had to get. right it right you
0: watched all of the you've got a list an, right. a categorized organized list okay so we will not get into my love for space jam this interview is about you and not me and my love for space jam i'm just going to insert real quick that i call space jam my step-parent okay I say wow. that you know both of my parents hardworking parents mom was away in the office dad worked from a home mm-hmm. and when I would finish my little homeschooler worksheets hey dad I'm done all right you can put a movie on what movie did I put on like three times a week I am not exaggerating three times a week space jam space jam I could recite that whole movie right now, but I won't take up 96 <laughs> minutes of your time. That's right. 96. Research it. Hold on. <laughs> How long? <is> <laughs> <laughs> I uh, 60, 70,
2: 80,
0: 90. Yo, an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> little uh, intermission, battery change. Yeah. Talk about our favorite movie. Yeah. All right. So the soundtrack gotcha, and then Antoine Fisher. So, mm-hmm. would you say that Denzel Washington is your favorite actor?
1: He's one of them. I mean, I yeah, he's he's definitely up there. I don't know who I yeah. would say my favorite actor is. I haven't thought about it in a while. You know, I just interesting. I just admire, I just admire different different actors in different ways, hmm. but. Denzel's definitely top. I
2: mean, yeah.
1: he's at the top of my list. I don't, I don't know if I would say he's my absolute favorite, but he's definitely one of my favorites. He's definitely like one of the—he's that actor that I I'll, I won't miss a movie that he's in.
0: Like, yes, yes. So I
1: mean, he might be my favorite. I don't know.
0: So we mentioned—you've mentioned your parents, you've mentioned being adopted, and mm-hmm. you know, I always like to reiterate for any new listeners, for anyone that's here listening because they know and love you as much as you deserve to be known and loved. Um, My mission, you know, I feel like if I were to Google your name, here are the things that I would see on the surface. We know that you are an actor. Uh, We know that that you've been casted for many things. We've probably seen your face in a few commercials. That's real talk. Um, We know that you are an actor. I love that you've given us that underlying description of you want to make people feel. You mentioned how the movie Antoine Fisher made you feel. You are an extremely talented singer and dancer. That is one of the reasons why you and I have connected in the first place. Um, And then you are a talented photographer as of late. That is one of our more recent developments, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, for the past uh, three, almost four years.
0: Yes. So in 2015, you uprooted your life. You knew that Wisconsin did not have the opportunities that you deserved and that you wanted to be dedicated to and and really push for. Mm -hmm. But because you mentioned your parents and your background overall, I would love to dig deeper, go beneath the surface of these things that we can see if we just hopped onto your Facebook real quick. Which, by the way, happy birthday, mom. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: my mom's birthday
0: <laughs> Happy birthday, Mrs. Schmidt.
2: Yeah. So
0: yeah. she'll see that after the fact. Happy birthday. <laughs> birthday! Right. <laughs> so
2: yes.
0: I would like to ask on, on a deeper level
2: mm-hmm.
0: how your parents have supported you, mm-hmm. how they have helped you with just identifying yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, being as though you are, uh, I don't want to say minority, that's not the word I wanted to use just now. (laughs) Being as though you are not white, but you have been adopted to a white family. And Mm -hmm. we can get more specific, exactly what is their ethnic background, your family.
1: Yeah, so, uh, are you talking about my biological family or, or
0: my- No, no, your uh, adopted family. My adopted family.
1: So Mm -hmm. my adopted family, they're, they're white. Um, Mm -hmm. my, uh, yeah, my whole family's white with the exception of two half-Korean cousins. Um, But, yeah, my whole family, you know, I was raised in a white family in Wisconsin, you know. Yeah. Very loving. So how
0: do you – right, right. And that that was my next question. How did they go about truly infusing love and acceptance into your life as they raised you? Are you the only adopted child in your family?
1: Yes, I okay. am the only adopted child in my family, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the only child growing up. Um, they just loved me, you know. They didn't they, – they just – you know wanted a son or they wanted a kid they just wanted a a child to love and that's you know I was raised on love and that's why mm. you know I'm just I'm very blessed in that way cuz you know a lot of people don't have have that unfortunately like right so i i was fortunate enough to be raised in love cuz my my parents they wanted me they chose me <laughs> like they literally right, chose right, right. me so um so yeah i've always felt loved i've always felt wanted you know
0: um mm. and how old were you when it was revealed to you that you were adopted i mean aside from the obvious difference in your complexion but mm-hmm. what were the conversations about once you were old enough to kind of question and inquire about your background versus your adopted family's background
1: right so uh, i had always known that i was adopted because um uh, my mom would like she would tell the story of my adoption to me every night like a bedtime story So I always just known, you know, I'd known like, you know, that they told me that my that my mom, uh, my biological mother, um, that she she felt that she couldn't take care of me the way that I deserved. So she put me up for adoption. And that's that was Mm -hmm. the story that I was told, you know, when I was a child. Wow. So, yeah.
0: Hmm. And then how old were you in 2015? In 2015,
1: I was 22.
0: And at that point, you moving to L.A., had you also started searching more diligently for your biological family?
1: Um, well, I had met my biological mother when I was 18. Okay. So um, how that happened was my, my half-brother, who I didn't know existed at the time, reached mm-hmm. out to me on Facebook. He, found, he searched my first name, and I was the second person that popped up. And he reached out in a Facebook message, and I was sitting in math class at the end of math class. And I was looking at my phone under the desk because I was trying not to get. I am in my telling your math teacher. <laughs> I don't care. Tell her. Tell her. <laughs> but yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I was looking at my phone under the desk, and I was like, kind of reading the message. And I'm like, "Who is this from?" It was like a message request because it wasn't.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. And I'm like, reading it, and it says, "Hey, please don't disregard this message. Something, something, blah, blah, blah. I'm Brandon, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know." Uh, my my mom gave my brother up for adoption when he was a baby. Um, you know, you wow. you might you might be him basically. And I was like, holy crap! Whoa.
0: And <laughs> how was, old is Brandon?
1: Brandon is Brandon at the time he was seventeen, I think, or sixteen. He's like a okay. year he's like a year and some change younger than me. Um, okay,
0: so you were contacted by Brandon prior to knowing or searching for your biological mother. Right. Wow. So, okay.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I mean I was I was I was thinking about searching for her but yeah. but then out of the blue, like, mm. you know, they just kind of came into my life, which was really really kind of crazy and great. Uh, but I was just like I remember sitting in math class and I was just like, and <laughs> <As laughs> the teacher's like,
0: like uh, Zach, what what's going on back there? Why are you so excited about math? No, she, <laughs> nobody's nobody's excited about math.
1: <laughs> yeah, she wasn't paying attention. I was just like, what? <laughs> like everybody just it was funny but wow
0: uh, and then how did that conversation go like immediately thereafter
1: um the conversation i i don't remember i was just like i was shocked but i'm like i didn't know i had a brother i'm like wow i'm like yeah um i was adopted like i guess i'm i guess i'm your brother and then he's like mom wants to talk to you and i'm like all right
0: so before we speak on the transition from Wisconsin to LA and how your adopted parents tie into that as well as your biological mother knowing now that you were in contact with her prior to moving to LA. 18 <laughs> is a crazy age for this to happen do you agree?
1: yeah I mean I I had wanted it to happen at 18 but wow, I, uh, I, I wasn't doing anything to make it happen yet and it just did you know.
0: That's wow okay mm-hmm. so I of course I have to ask, and I know plenty of folks are wondering. As a black man, period, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and tell me what your biological ethnic ethnic background is.
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, uh, my my ethnic background is it's black and white. I got some some Irish and German in there, and mm-hmm. uh, some Nigerian and uh cameroonian and you know that's right you did
0: i think i don't remember if you sent it to me or if you posted it but either way i do recall seeing all of your percentages yes Mm -hmm. um so
1: (laughs) ancestry.com
0: right 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 according to them yeah a disclaimer if i'm wrong it's on y'all ancestry.com yeah
1: yeah you know they're Um, they're constantly updating the dna at the uh the uh, the technology so it could, right, it's exactly. changed before it has changed it went nigerian change. went from one percent to sixteen percent so we'll or something like that yeah that's a big, huge change there's a big jump but it was like early on it was like one percent we're like you know they're yeah. updating their their uh technology so
0: <laughs> gotcha right so yeah. let me ask this in in the most fluent and fluid and safest way Do you think or do you know that society perceives you as a black man? Is that how you identify yourself? When you check the stupid boxes that I hate, by the way, Mm -hmm. checking the boxes, you know, is this how you identify yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been apparent to me, you know, through through different experiences in my life that I am a black man (laughs) and that people see me as such, you know? So I'm glad Um, that
0: you worded it that way. How have your adopted parents um, navigated those experiences?
1: Um, I don't know that they have. I, I think that I I don't, um, you know, I feel like they just, they just loved me the best way they could.
2: Right, You right.
1: know, they, it was never necessarily about race. They didn't,
0: yeah.
1: they didn't really take the time to edu- educate me on the different, um, you know, on like Segregation or slavery or any of that stuff, or yeah. you know, or what it was, what it's meant, what it means to be black in America, because they right. kind of oblivious to it. They didn't know, you know, they grew up right. in Wisconsin around all these white people. They weren't around any black people, like yeah. really, their whole lives. So, um, or very few, if any. Right. Um, so, so, so yeah, I mean, I kind of had to figure it out <laughs> by right. myself.
0: Right, right. And that's my next question. While I'm scared to ask, I have to ask, what did teach you? How did life teach you outside of the obvious textbook in school-esque things?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there was, I dealt with some some racism in high school and, you know, some, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, a lot of it wasn't, um, like crazy or like
2: right. crazy
1: bullying or life threatening there's just like people you know would make fun of me because I was different like kids would make fun of me because I was different my skin was different they were just it just showed how ignorant they were because like this one little kid called me China boy because that's the only other ethnicity that he knew apparently really I don't know <laughs> yeah he was like a, in kindergarten and I was in first grade I'm just like alright no. uh, I'm like I'm not Chinese <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny to think about I'm like
0: that's hilarious
1: I know I'm but not Chinese but yeah, you know the uh, the racism got worse <laughs> from from that. On. You know, like in high school, um, there's this one kid that like that like threatened, made like a like a threat with a noose, and and I'm just like, you yeah. know, it was just it's just apparent. Like nobody, you know, my friends didn't necessarily like see me as. Not necessarily, they didn't see me as black, but they would forget sometimes, and right. they would say they would say black jokes around me, and then they'd realize I was right there, and they're like, "Oh, whoops, like forgot Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely saw racism in in my school, but I was always nice to everybody, so there really wasn't any yeah. reason, you know for for them to to be racist against me. But there was this one kid named uh, named De'Andre. I remember he was from Chicago. He was he was um, a couple of years younger than me. He was dark skinned and there was like this. He he became really close friends with this white girl, and they went to prom together. It was cute, uh, but there was a lot of, of a lot of racism towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I um, from some from a kid that a lot of people made fun of. That I would defend because I'm like, right. you know, I would defend this this other kid that like, you know, people would would make fun of him and bully him. And I'm just like, you know, that's that's not cool. Like what did like I, I didn't see him do anything wrong ever, right but then, right. but then on Facebook, like he was saying all these outlandish racist, like comments, like threats and all these, you know, crazy things mm. against this this little black kid, you know, and and like at school, like, I remember when he was, we were leaving the parking lot, he would he like flip me off and I'm just like, all right. But, you know, uh, you know. so I did experience racism in school. There's this other kid that said that I would grow up to sell drugs. Um, yeah, he's like, I'm going to be successful and you're going to be selling drugs. I'm like, okay.
0: <laughs> Where is this kid now? Uh, Something tells me that that kid is successfully selling drugs.
1: <laughs> but he's anyway. done, I'm, I think he's done a lot, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, he, I, I don't know. Doesn't matter. But never have. Right. Never, never done drugs. Never sold drugs. Right. Uh, any, any of that. So um, it just followed my it's path. Terrible. To where, uh, to where God's gotten me um, up until now. So yeah.
0: You
1: know,
2: I'm blessed. Were
0: your parents aware of the stories that you just shared? Although they sound like you know small instances, and mm-hmm. like you said, there were no life-threatening experiences and things like that. <clears throat> had you ever told your parents about things like this happening
1: i had yeah they they knew and they were upset about it um but you know it was more so of you know these are just like isolated incidences and this is you know this is a bad kid or this is like a you know a racist kid and that's messed up um you know they don't tolerate hate but you know it's uh now that we're dealing with all the things in, you know, in the yeah. world and the social climate with, um, you know, everything that's happened in the last few years, um, it's shown a lot of different sides of racism, not just the hate, right? you know, not just the blatant hate. It's just, you know, belittling us and, and um, you know, The feel, or like the notion that black people aren't as intelligent, or they're not as you know good at that. It doesn't necessarily have to be hate, but it's just that, you know, that notion that we're not as we're not as smart, we're not as good, we're not as um, successful, and and things like that. So,
0: and depriving us from certain opportunities because of that preconceived notion, that false preconceived notion, yeah, exactly. So I'd like to use this as a segue mm-hmm. to the fact that it seems as though love is literally seeping out of your pores every minute of every day. Have you heard that about yourself before? Do people express this?
1: Mm. I, I haven't heard it told to me very often, but I know it to be true about myself. Amen. <laughs> I, amen. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm... I feel I feel that from me, like I I know that about myself, and I um, I love that about myself. Yes. You know I love love. I love you know loving on people and making people feel good about themselves. And you, you too, <laughs> like, and you are that person as well. And that's why I feel like like we're definitely. Do
0: not make this about me. <laughs>
1: no, but but I have to, I have to I have <laughs> to give you those props because I feel like you know, that's why I love you so much. Cause like, cause like, I feel like you reciprocate that same energy. And I'm like, man, like nobody says these things about me, but like, I feel that way about so many, like, yes,
0: yes. Uh, mm. I can't tell you how happy that makes my (laughs) heart to know that you are hearing it for you, about you and for you. And I resonate with that statement very much Mm -hmm. so. Um, I had a conversation with a friend just recently, like the way that I love humans, the way that I love life. yeah. The way that spirits and the world is so vivid to me. I see it. Like I, every color is constantly, every color of a person or of a life experience is constantly popping out at me. Like it's this vibrant three dimensional thing. Mm. And when becoming a photographer or a videographer, I started to realize I am doing this because of the way that I see and value people and life. But unfortunately, there was a flip side to that. It's like, wait, does anybody else see it this way? Does anybody else see me this way? Anybody? No? Okay, it's okay. I'm going to just take these pictures. (laughs) I'm just going to show you in real time and just wait for you to see the video or the picture (laughs) that I tried to use to capture this thing, the way that I feel it and the way that I see it. So like, I just got caught up in, it was like one conversation I had with a friend. I got caught up in that, wow, this is a family function with every single one of my family members. My heart, if it could explode with the amount of love that I have for my family. So I'm watching these videos and I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like, wait, I'm not in any of them. (laughs) Not in a way that makes me sad, but in a way where it's just like, does anyone see it that same way is anyone looking at this picture full of these beautiful spirits and saying oh shoot There's another beautiful spirit missing. Darn it Ava was the one behind the camera. Mm-hmm. She wasn't in the camera I get caught up in that like I don't know that was totally a tangent I love that we reciprocate and reflect this thing that it's clear that we both share.
2: Yeah um,
0: And what I wanted to ask While we're slowly but surely moving away from childhood experiences or Mm -hmm. experiences as an adopted son, did your parents raise you spiritually or religiously? Um, Did they reinforce? I mean, it's clear you have said multiple times how love is their movement, how love is their, you know, the factor that they truly infused into raising you. It shows. And they did a, yo, mom and dad, y'all did a beautiful job, okay? (laughs) All right. just I want them to hear it because it's so Mm -hmm. real. And I think Mm
2: -hmm.
0: as a person that just loves understanding people or being attentive to people the way that I do, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I definitely don't just look at and converse with Zachariah Schmidt. I absolutely the reason part of the reason we're having this interview right now. I love to see what the roots are beneath this beautiful tree. That is you and your adoptive parents. They are like those first biggest roots. They have put in the most work. So to see how loving you are, to see how much love and beauty you exude, it's like, yo, what did your parents do, dude? I want to know. <laughs> I uh, want to know.
1: First of all, you're a poet. Like, you speak so beautifully. You made it
0: about me again. I got covered up. No. I'm, no. I'm sorry. No. I'm no,
1: not sorry. thank you. I'm not I appreciate that. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, as far as as far as the religious aspect, I mean, I was I grew up Catholic. Um, that's that's I mean, I went to church. Um, I didn't I, I went to church a lot. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. every single Sunday, but I, I okay. went to church a lot as a kid. Um, but I just felt like with the Catholic uh, Church, it wasn't it wasn't uh, bringing me to my full potential and spiritually. Mm. Um, so after I got confirmed. Um, you know, I my parents said like you can do whatever you want now. <laughs> like wow, you, church, yeah. you don't have to go to church. And, and there was times I would I would go to church on my own the Catholic church, but um, I started going to to this other church that my friend uh, went to. He went to it with his girlfriend, and then I met a girl, and uh, he's like, oh, she goes to the church that we go to. I'm like, oh, cool. So I started going to that church, and uh, you know, it opened me up a lot more. It was a Pentecostal church, and uh, nice. And I started learning, you know how to have a relationship with Jesus rather than just, you know, a religion. So, yeah. um, you know, and I knew the things about God, like I, like, because I knew that, you know, he was merciful and that he loves us. And I, I held on to that cause I, uh, cause love is my language. Like I understand love. So yeah. like, so like, but in Catholic church, what they teach and like how they're so like, you know, it's very old Testament. So like what they were teaching in the church, um, certain things just didn't line up with what i knew was love
2: right
1: so i was Mm. just searching for what is they say god is love what does that mean and and how do i experience the most of what kind of love god has to offer wow so you know i i started going to this pentecostal church it taught me a lot more um i started going to this non-denominational church years later and uh I just you know I kind of got in the community a little bit and started uh, going to group things and and just learning more about about God and like you know in 2015 early 2015 I I just had like such a great relationship with God and I had um I was just in a really really good place spiritually and I and I Mm. you know had been I felt like I'd been there for a while but also like I just had my own personal relationship with God I didn't feel like for a long time, I didn't feel like I had to go to church for that relationship. I just yep. felt like, you All know, right. I just felt like, you know, I understood who God was. And yes. You know, when I started getting more into the community of it, like in 2015, and going to um, these different like little retreat things or whatever, um, it just it just brought me to a place of just just knowing that I'm good and that the decision that I want to make with going to L.A it's, I mm. needed this before I could come out here. And I felt mm. like it was, Wow. I felt like it was just when I, when I left, it was, it was time. And I felt, wow. peace, I felt like I said before, I felt that peace about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I had always been, I feel like I've been spiritually hungry, um, for, for my whole life, really.
0: Wow. Yeah. So. And the way that you explained that the word trust came to mind as mm. you were explaining, um, you know, you used the word relationship, And when anyone thinks of a relationship, well, what are the key factors of a successful relationship? Trust. Trust. So to turn inward and establish this spiritual relationship with God, you could trust that he was going to take care of you, guide you, lead Mm -hmm. you, communicate with you, however you saw fit, so that you continued to put your trust in him. He Mm -hmm. was also trusting you to make decisions that were aligned with the path that he was putting before you. That's just, wow, wow. Yeah or trust, are
1: you exactly and and when well, it's funny whenever anybody asks me for for advice about moving to LA they're like they're like what advice do you have to give me and I, I just I'm like let me get my I'm, pen I'm, out I'm like I'm winging it dude like I'm just like trust God wow. that's the only that's the only advice I, I really give them I'm like trust God with everything
2: mm.
0: with everything mm. he'll always provide
1: for you you know you know no matter what and he'll always guide you in the right direction so trust yeah trust God So this may sound
0: like, yeah, this may sound like an abstract question. I'm going to try to put it together the best I can. Uh Uh, Moments. Are there any moments that truly stand out where you caught yourself in, I don't know, but I trust you, you know, what, are there specific stories that you could tell to just be like, yeah, no, there was this, aside from the obvious, like, all right, I'm changing my life. I'm uprooting. I'm going to L.A. You know, are there, are there Mm. more intricate or detailed exchanges and experiences that you've had where you're just like, yeah, yeah, I absolutely had to put my trust in him.
1: I don't, I mean, I feel like my level of trust with God is like, like, I don't even, when I know that it's God, I don't even question it.
2: Mm. Like.
1: Like I just do it. I just move. <laughs> like I, I'm just oh, obedient, obedient in that way. But um, there was never like a really moment. But um, there was definitely times where I, I couldn't pay my rent, and then all of a sudden the money would just drop <laughs> like out of the sky, wow. basically. And and I would just have the right amount so that I wouldn't be homeless. <laughs> like,
2: yeah.
1: like, um, yeah, yeah. And um, as far as my living situations go, yeah, there were times that, like, I would I was not in an, in a place where I I could really pay rent, and I moved in with yeah. with my my friend. They weren't paying rent at their place. It was just like a really, like very unique like situation where where they didn't have to pay rent, and right. they're like, you know, we could use a roommate. You know, to deal with like to help with the utilities and whatever. Uh, so, so I moved in there and I just had to pay a utility bill uh, every month, mm. and that helped me out for for a while. Yeah. Until I could get, you know, a new spot. So, um, so yeah, God's always he's always provided, always, always. Like no matter like when I lost my car, like he got me mm. a place to to stay because I couldn't I couldn't drive and do Uber and Lyft or any any of that stuff. So. Um, or you know Postmates or anything so uh, mm. yeah that's that's when like my friend called and asked me how I was doing and she's like you could stay you could stay here we need some help with this and that And I'm like okay <laughs> like definitely because I had really nowhere else to go at that right. point so it was just perfect
0: so check it out mm-hmm. you said when people ask me for advice about moving to LA I just say Mm -hmm. like trust God he won't let you down etc I just want to take this moment to say I truly love this podcast I love the opportunity to have conversations like this and I thank you for being a part once again because um, your willingness is allowing me to do something that I enjoy so much so Mm. the question that was given to me I'm very grateful for when people ask you for advice to move to LA you say trust God Mm -hmm. if I were to ask Zachariah Schmidt for advice on establishing a relationship with God what advice would he give how does someone start how does someone get to this place spiritually
1: Mm. Uh, I would just say like ask God for a relationship with him Mm. and I mean and let him guide you I feel like there's just you know cuz not every church is for everybody not every right. church is going to lead you to a relationship with god not you know and i feel like you have to you you just have to be spiritually open you have to put that out mm. there you have to you mm-hmm. have to you have to speak it you have to say i want god i want a relationship with you and and let it come in the way that that it comes because because god's listening You know, he's going to make it happen. So he's gonna bring people into your life, he's gonna bring a community into your life, he's gonna bring somebody into your life to show you how to have your own personal relationship Mm -hmm. with God. So I would say I would say just be open. Don't expect God to be a genie and just you know, grant your wishes and and just appear out of out of thin air and materialize and like make make miracles happen. Just just like you know, it, it really, it really doesn't work that way. It's like, cause people really try to test God and be like, God, if you're real, let me lift a car or something <laughs> like ridiculous. It's like, it's not, right. It, does, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So, um, I would just say, stay in, in prayer, stay in, um, stay in belief and, and knowing that God is listening and, um, hmm. be patient and be open. You have to truly be open. Um, so open your heart and, um, yeah, be patient and listen, listen, be obedient. Cause when you feel that strong, that strong urge to do something, that strong feeling that you're supposed to do something, listen to that feeling and and yeah. do it, you know, right. it, it can, it, it might take you out of your comfort zone, but you know, it's, it's there for a reason. So listen right. to that feeling.
0: Right. Now is there a defining moment for you um where it was clear to you that the relationship had begun you know after you voiced that it was something you desired after you did open your spirit um and believe that the relationship was going to continue to develop and get stronger are there defining moments for you where you know that he was just like hey hey taps you on the shoulder like hey i'm here i got you (laughs) does anything come to mind
1: Um, I mean, once i once when I went to the uh, when when I went to the Pentecostal church, I, I caught the Holy Ghost for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. it was interesting. like I don't know if that was the moment. Mm-hmm. i I don't I actually don't think that that was the moment, but it also um, it also got me connected with a bunch of other believers, and it kind yeah. of just took me because uh, because the Pentecostal church is interesting. Sometimes, like the way that they like when you get the Holy Ghost for the first time, um, I feel like they kind of convince you that you got the Holy Ghost because <laughs> they're telling you that you did, and they're like right. all around you. It's kind of like a, it's like a peer pressure thing sometimes. Right, right. right. Uh, but I mean, other than that, I mean, I feel like, I feel like me just, um, I'm trying to think of, an... An exact moment because I feel like there has been because I've always known that God was there my whole yeah. life you know growing up mm-hmm. Catholic you know I, and I knew that I could always talk to God yeah. so I always just kind of talked to God and that you know there's times where my, my my prayers were answered um, I remember this time my, my dog ran away and um, mm-hmm. Yeah, my dog had run away and I was just praying and praying and praying. I didn't think we were going to find him because I, I thought he was just long gone. Right. And I didn't think we were going to find him. And, um, and I, I, like, we were looking everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Everywhere. And we lived in the country, like, he could have been anywhere in the woods.
0: He could have been like, miles and miles away.
1: He could have been miles away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's crazy you, you turn his back for five minutes on with that dog he, he's a mile away it's crazy it was crazy yeah. but but I remember um, just praying and praying and praying and praying that we would find him and i was crying and and my dad like came came back like four hours later um, found him uh, brought him back wow. home and you know he came in and told me that he found him and and everything was good and he was okay and I was just I remember being so... Uh, so relieved, and I and I just knew that that prayer worked at that you know at that time. And there's just you know so many instances throughout my life, and I felt like I had a had a relationship with God, even even though the Catholic Church hadn't really taught me how to have a relationship right. with God. But um, you know, I just always I always felt I've always felt pretty close to God, and I always felt like I knew God when like even even in the Catholic Church, I, I felt like I knew God better than a lot of people did. Mm you
0: know. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, thank you for that rundown. I feel like everything we've talked about thus far has been a really great description of the things that have led you to the lovely gentleman that I have sitting next to me, imaginary next to me Right today virtually next to me i should have said (laughs) (laughs) you had had to practice yeah i am trying to figure it out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm
2: -hmm. right
0: Right there (laughs) um i love having more insight and you know this is man so i came out to la when i was 25 and that was a fly-by-night trip you know i was taking all these classes and then uh, we, uh my best friend gets there. We climbed up to the Hollywood sign. We were all over the place. Um, but it's clear that you are the type of spirit that I wish I had or did spend more time just getting to know and and hanging out with and things like that. And I feel like that is happening now and has happened, you know, more recently. I love that you said last time, you're like, so wait, why don't we do this more often? Great question. (laughs) Glad you asked. We'll make sure that it happens more often. Mm -hmm. But I say that to say, to dive deeper, to have a more intricate understanding of why you are evidently so amazing. I see it. Everyone else sees it. It's really a pleasure. Um, Mm -hmm. I love having these background details and just being able (laughs) to give your family, your parents, the kudos that they deserve. and to 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 kind of unveil and peel back the layers of your spirituality because it is clear that you are led by it
1: Mm, so thank you that's really the highest compliment
0: it's clear very clear oh my Mm, goodness are you kidding thank you thank you so much it's beautiful so now you're in LA Mm -hmm. when did you start actively searching for your biological father
1: I started actively searching for my biological father about two years ago. Okay. Um, I decided to get the the uh, Ancestry.com DNA kit after. Okay, so after I met my mom, um, you know, she told me more about about my father, which, you know, she and she told me why she didn't really know him and why she kind of lost contact with him. You know, they only I'm, I'm the product of a one night stand. Um, one night stand, baby. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my my mom lost contact with my dad um, after I was conceived. So so the only thing that she could tell me is what she remembered from that night, which was his, his name and his uh, birthday. And the reason that she remembers his birthday is because they have the same birthday.
2: Mm.
1: Like, so she, she looked, she remembered looking at his ID because she didn't believe him. <laughs> she didn't believe that their birthday was the same. Sure enough, they have the same birthday. She remembered his first name, but I, but not his last name. Um,
2: yeah.
1: So I had those two things to go off of. So I did the DNA test, um, and and I got the results back like a month later, and I started reaching out to these. DNA matches. I'm like, okay, so now I have DNA matches, like, they're, they're matching me up with everybody in my bloodline that have taken the DNA test with Ancestry.com. Right. So I started reaching out to people and like, hey, this is what I know about my dad. I'm trying to find him. Um, can you help me out? And, you know, some people were, were asking their relatives and asking around, was like, hey, do you know him? And, you know, um, I had a couple people say that they, they knew, it was, my dad's name was Bobby. Um, yeah. They said, they, it's, like, that's his name on his birth certificate. It's Bobby. Um, right, not so, Robert. Right, not Robert, Bobby. So, um, so yeah, there's some relatives that were like, yeah, we you know Bobby in Indiana or whatever. Um, I'm like, okay, cool. Then could be it. They're like, I don't know what his birthday is, but it ended up that that wasn't him. Um, but, yeah, so... I had reached out and I kept in contact with a couple of my cousins, um, you know, over Facebook and some of them I call every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a conversation with my cousin, um, Deb, Deborah, about a month and a half ago, like two months ago.
0: Okay, freeze. Wait. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I have the whole timeline in my brain. I was asking the years, so you started actively searching for your father in about 2019, which means that you Mm -hmm. went out on a limb in 2015 and you had about four years of Los Angeles adventure and success. So prior to what you are about to share, I'd like to move chronologically. Yeah. Tell me about Zachariah and different ways that he has grown. Because of this move to L.A., different things that he has experienced because of this move to L.A., how did those four years go before we get to, like, the most incredible development in your life, regardless (laughs) of where you live? Um, Right. You know, because there's just there's so much growth to come of. I mean, it's one you up, you uprooted your whole life. This is a huge yeah. lifestyle change for you.
2: Mm-hmm. But when it
0: comes to pursuing an acting career, you're singing, you're dancing. Tell me about those first four years in L. A. and and how they led you to become who you are today.
1: All right, so boom. Uh, <laughs> so I get to L. A. Right? No, okay. So me and my me and my best friend we uh, we took a road trip to L. A. together. Yeah. So uh, you know he ended up flying back, but. Um, I got to L.A. uh, and like it was like the third day in L.A. I end up on a movie set. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) There it is, folks. And that's it. So go ahead. 2021.
1: (laughs) Yeah. no. So so there's this I was following somebody on Instagram and, and she's like, we need people for this movie. And I'm like, well, I'm in L.A. now what's the details? Boom. And she hit me up and she was what like, what did that hey. feel
0: like Zach? What did that feel like to have been there for three days? And all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> well, you're on a movie set now.
1: Right. Uh, it was crazy. Um, my, my best friend was with me. He didn't, he didn't believe me. I'm like, Hey, he, he was like half asleep. It was like nine 30. We had just been, you know, we'd been driving and like, we went to the beach and we went surfing the day, day before or whatever. And, and he was like, passed out. And I'm like, Hey, wake up. He's like, what? I'm like, we're gonna be in a movie tomorrow. He's like, what? <laughs> "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Just, I'm like, we're gonna be in a movie tomorrow. We gotta wake up at this time. Just like, I'll wake you up." He's like, "He's like, all right, whatever." <laughs> so, I, so in the morning, I'm like, "Hey, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, you know, we can be in a movie today. Like, literally, let's let's go." I gave him all the information. He's like, "Are you sure? Is this like a is this like a real thing?" And I'm like, yeah. He's like, real is skeptical. Is it a scam? He's, he's, yeah. He's, what, is it a scam? I'm like, I'm like, the pay is fifty dollars. It's not, a, it's not like, it's not a scam. Like, it's like, it only, it's, it's a, and like, we're extras in a movie. It's not a scam. Like, it's not, it's not that big of a, you know, of a right. deal. It's like the worst scam in history, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't have to pay. They're gonna pay us fifty bucks. But, but I'm like, yeah, let's go. And we were in Palos Verdes, so we had to drive all the way to Van Nuys to this set. Um, oh wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and before I, before I moved to LA, I'd been looking for a job, right? My, my friend, um, my Facebook friend, Kayla, she had just moved to LA like a couple months prior from Arizona. She's like, she's like, Hey, if you're still looking for a job, I'm a bar manager at this restaurant in Hollywood. Um, you know, I could get you a job. I'm like, all right, bet, cool. Um, so I just say that to, to say the rest of the story. So, yeah. So I met, so we're on set. We're waiting to get started. Like, breakfast is getting made and everything. Um, we sat down with some other extras at this table and there's a kid named, this guy named Greg. Uh, and he was, you know, t- I'm like, you know, how long you been acting, what are you doing now? He's like, oh, I'm not, I don't usually do background, but I'm doing this for my, uh, for like the the people that own the restaurant I work at as a favor. I'm like, okay, that's what's up. I'm like, what restaurant is this? He's like, oh, it's this, this like uh, Asian fusion restaurant um, like a lot of celebrities come in and stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's what's up. That's really cool. Um, and he's like telling me stories about these different celebrities and, and whatnot. Right. Right. <clears throat> and I'm like, who's in it? Like, what is this movie? Like, who is in it? He's like, oh, I think Columbus short is starring in the movie. I'm like, what Columbus short is like, you know, like stomp the yard is my like, favorite dance movie. Yeah. <laughs> like stomp the yard. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? I was like, Oh shoot. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, I'm like, that's my favorite dance movie. I'm like, that, I'm like, this is crazy. Like right. out of all the people to like be on a movie set with my third yep. day in LA. This is this is pretty pretty dope. So um so yeah, we're in this bus scene and um uh, we're like riding around Van Nuys in this bus uh supposed to be based in Philly actually.
0: Um Oh word?
1: It's the movie was true to the game. That was okay movie.
0: got it, got it, got it. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if you've seen it, but um, nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I remember <laughs> Columbus Short starring in True to the Game. I do recall this.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we were we were all on the bus. Um, it's Columbus Short and uh, Erica Peoples, and uh, and my my friend who had to cut out of the movie because he looked in the camera too many times. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Of the only, There's the
0: always old... one.
1: He was the only white boy on the bus um <laughs> it was great but but yeah like i i got to like talk to columbus and tell him that like you know something i was was my favorite dance wow. movie and everything they they had me they had me stand in for him and they're like you know what you kind of look like columbus like you could actually you You like 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 recently like the newest headshots i took i'm like no i look like columbus but uh you do, like, though. Oh my yeah God. so they're like you could be his brother i was like why don't you stand in for him i'm like all right cool <laughs> like So I I stood in for Columbus in a couple scenes, Um, but yeah, I got to meet him. And then Erica Peoples, um, she's she was great. She's on um, she's on All American now, Uh, yeah. And she's she did true to the game too. Started in that, but um, we became cool. Actually, we became we stayed in touch. We became friends. Um, Yes. And also, and also um, the the boyfriend of the girl that I was following on Instagram who got me the opportunity. He is um, Malcolm David Kelly, who played young Antoine Fisher in Antoine Fisher wow so like a full circle thing I'm like yo this is full crazy full like, circle thing yeah yeah so Antoine Fisher <laughs>
0: amazing
1: yeah little Antoine Fisher so we took a picture now if this
0: is not a testament of your relationship <clears throat> with God for God to just be like alright not only did you He's trust like, go me go now <laughs> Yep. Yeah. not only did you trust me you went mm-hmm. when I said to go mm-hmm. and now I'm going to show you what is to be reaped because of that. So exactly. here's a movie set for you to be on three days later. Mm-hmm. Here's the lead actor that you admire because of other films that he's in. Here's the mm-hmm. relationship with Erica Peoples. Here's mm-hmm. you standing in for this lead actor. Like mm-hmm. you could have just sat in the butt seat this the bus seat. <laughs> the bus seat <laughs> You could have just sat in the bus seat the whole time <clears throat> and been mm-hmm. absolutely blessed and satisfied. But no mm-hmm. no God was like nah you deserve some whipped cream and a cherry on this <laughs> joint.
1: He's like, let me show you what, what it means when what happens when you're obedient. So, yeah, yeah exactly. So
0: amazing.
1: So fast forward to um, a couple of days later, because I took I took a picture with, with the cast. I didn't take a picture with Columbus that day, but yes. with Erica and uh, Malcolm. So fast forward to like a week later, um, I went and, uh, and interviewed for the, uh, for the restaurant job. Yes. Um, that my friend Kayla, who I had never met at the time, well, I had just, I had met cause we went to, we like had met up and, and mm-hmm. for the first time and stuff. And she's like, yeah, come, uh, come interview for the restaurant. I'll get you the job. I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. So I did, I got there first day. Um, I got hired first day. <clears throat> I was meeting people and, um, I, uh, talked to the bartender. His name was Jarrett. And, um, and he asked me for my Instagram so I like, posted on my Instagram he's looking through the pictures he saw he's like oh how you know Malcolm
2: right
1: and I'm like right. and I'm like oh I was uh, I was on set with, with Malcolm like you know the other you know like last week Small he's room. like oh he's like you know that his girlfriend's parents own this restaurant right and I was like what no I'm like I'm like wait so, <laughs> so wow so wait does Greg work here he's like yeah Greg's Greg works here he's like how you you know Greg and he's like so it was like a whole like oh this was meant
0: gosh.
1: to happen. Like this was one hundred percent meant to happen. All of this, I was wow. meant to meet these people and be in with, with this you know this group of people, for some Amazing. reason. Amazing. So that for
0: all of the reason.
1: Yeah. So that blew my mind, right? Um, and then like, not too long after that, um, I, I was working there for, I don't know. I probably only worked there for like four months. Um, mm-hmm. but I met, but Columbus came in one night <clears throat> and, and the, the restaurant was pretty much empty. So me and him talked and then like on my break, I went up, you know, to the, like, there's this upstairs area on my break and Columbus is up there. He was like listening to his music and I didn't know he made music at the time. Um, mm. but I'm like, is this you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I didn't know you made music. He's like, yeah, that's like all I do. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't know. Uh, I had no idea. Yeah, like, I had no idea. But, um but yeah, so we got oh, to wow. talk and, he, and he's like, and he just started like, he's like, you remind me of me when I was your age. Like, you know, he, he started, he's like, you know what? He's like, I kind of like this kid. Like, like, I'm like, yeah, I dance, I sing, I act, I do all all that stuff. It's like, I'm like, so yeah, something the Arts was my, that was my shit, <laughs> you know? Wow. And, uh, and he's like, mm. wow. So so, uh, we just, we just talked did about Did ask a, a you to sing
0: for him? Did you sing for him?
1: Yeah, actually, the funny thing is, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, what are you doing after work? And I'm like, I don't have any plans. He's like, why don't you come? He's like, hit me up. I'm like, he's like, he gave me his number. He's like, hit me up after you get out. I'm like, all right, cool. So I did. And he gives me an address. Um He's like, come to the studio. He's recording Th- Is a song. this
0: a scam? Was this a scam? <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is this a scam? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, he's like, come to the studio. And, uh. I'm like, all right, cool. So so I come to the studio and he's in there recording, you know, some songs for his album. And uh, he has me jump on some, some background track. That's all I'm going to say about it.
0: That's so super cute because you look and feel and sound <laughs> so much like him overall. So, like, that's yeah. so neat. Yeah, yeah. So that was three days after you freaking got there. So if we want to assume how the rest of the story goes mm-hmm. for the rest of the four years, I feel like because of duality, I must ask, what are some of the hardships that you've had to overcome?
1: Oh man. On,
0: in in this LA journey?
1: <sighs> man, um, just, man, trying to make ends meet. <laughs> and uh, yeah. having, you know, I I'm, I've never been the type of person that likes having a nine to five. So, um, trying to just hustle and drive and,
2: yeah,
1: and, uh, and, you know, I had a lot of issues with my car, you know, breaking down and, and different things, needing new tires all the time. Cause I was driving constantly. Um, that mm. was really expensive. Um, but yeah, living situations. I lived in a hostel when I first moved out there.
0: Wow.
1: It was a long-term hostel. I lived in there for a while. Um, yeah. Yeah, not not the best not the best situation. Uh, you know, I had to share my room. But it with was four, all worth it. Other it was all worth it, yeah. But mm. but I would I I don't like having I didn't like having roommates like that, like just being in the same room with people. So I was I was gone a lot. I was not I was right. not home a lot. I was just basically there for a bed and a shower and, and that stuff. So it wasn't comfortable. Yeah. It was it was very uncomfortable. In fact, but, uh, it's like I never, I never told my parents this because I didn't want them to worry. But like I lived in my car for Uh-oh. a little while. <laughs> yeah, I never. Yeah.
0: Is this going to be revealed to them? Do you want me to cut this part out of the interview?
1: Maybe I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't. It, it would want. be. It would be. It would be revealed to them. Yeah, they would. It's like I did live in my car for for a little while. I never, wow. I never told them because I didn't want them to worry. Because I mean, it's it's just I preferred that to living in the hostel. Like I told them I was living in this terrible situation. Wow. But I'm just like, at this point, I would rather live in my car because I don't have to pay rent. And like rent was way too expensive in this in this place. And it was just like, I would much rather just live in my car because at least I have privacy in my car. I don't have a bunch of people around and I can be wherever I want. I don't have to live in South Central. I can live in Burbank or, you know, somewhere. Wow, that's that's deep. yeah. That's
0: deep. So your car was an RV for all intensive purposes?
1: <laughs> pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. I, I uh, it wasn't a big it wasn't a big car either. <laughs> but right, um, right. it
0: was a Chevy Cruze. I remember I we mm-hmm. you and I did converse on the phone at one point yeah. while you were living in your car I recall mm-hmm. and what I recall yeah. about that conversation is that you did not sound down about that at all
2: <laughs> I wasn't I you was
0: were actually still... I was
1: legit happy like I was so much happier living in my car than I was than I was at that hostel like I was right. just like and yeah I was I was completely Perspective. happy I yeah Perspective. exactly I I was so grateful to have a car and just like yeah. living like living in my car I would wake up with a smile on my face and thank God yes. every day like and I didn't did y'all and hear I didn't, that And I didn't tell my parents because they're more practical than me. And they're like, move back home. And I'm like, I would would never. And you're like, Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that.
0: So I'm glad you said that. Had you told your parents, they would have said move back home. I feel like Mm -hmm. I have to leave this part of the conversation. And I don't know. We'll talk about it later. Had you you told your parents. Okay. Had you told your parents, they would (laughs) have said move back home. Had you Mm -hmm. moved back home. Fill in the blank, please. Had you moved back home, blank would not have happened.
1: Had I moved back home. I just I wouldn't be happy I wouldn't be happy period like there's a lot of things that have happened you know for me but there's I mean that's that's just too much I just wouldn't be happy I wouldn't have been happy moving and my happiness and my peace is is the most important thing to me amen so so really that's that's it like I prioritize happiness and peace and joy over over everything and yes. and going back home to a place that doesn't have any opportunity for me really it would it would I would be depressed.
0: Yeah. So yeah. prior to what has happened within the last 6 to 8 weeks or so that we're about <clears throat> to get to mm-hmm. prior to your most recent most joyful experience. Mhm. What pops into your mind immediately without thinking about it as the most joyous moment since living in LA?
2: Mm.
1: Most joyous moment since living in LA. Gosh, there's so many things.
0: Oh, there's that's beautiful. I was just wondering so... if you were gonna say anything about Stevie Wonder. That's all. But don't be oh, a if You God. don't.
1: <laughs> no, Look, I'm kidding, I'm I kidding, I'm kidding, I had. I wish I could have met Stevie Wonder. I mean, could meet. I mean, I'm going to meet Stevie Wonder. Let's just put. Oh I'm, yes, I'm you just, are. say that I'm going to meet Stevie Wonder. I did meet his daughter that was pretty great um but yeah and i did go to his concert um it wasn't the first concert of his that i went to i went Mm -hmm. to um steve Wonder's house of toys um a few years ago in december and that was amazing but i felt like my the concert that i went to in minneapolis with my mom five six years ago six years ago now was even better so that was an amazing experience but my most I don't. My most joyful, joyous experience. What was the What was
0: the first one that was like? Psh, don't forget about this one. Don't think about like. Make sure you think about this oh. one. Make sure you mention this one. Did anything? Nothing just like popped in.
1: I don't know. I feel like, there's just there's so many. There's just so many. Like honestly, I've met so many amazing people. You're I've, so I've,
0: blessed. You're. I've so done
1: blessed. so. I've done a lot of things that I'm just like I. I've just. I count my blessings. I, I, there's a lot of them. There's nothing that necessarily is the tops yet. Like every I everything's understand. just like. I, I've had a lot of really great experiences. I, you know what? I did. I did get to sing a duet with Jordan Sparks. That was pretty incredible. <laughs> like that, that was pretty great.
0: Like such a joyful moment.
1: Yeah, that did, was. Amazing. What
0: song? What song did you guys do?
1: We did a whole new world um, from Aladdin.
0: Oh, mm, karaoke. Stop. We
1: sang karaoke together. It was amazing.
0: That's so awesome! Yeah, y'all, great. please hear his voice. Are you gonna bless us with some singing before we? I don't
1: know. I don't know. I've, I I do need to warm up. I do need to warm no, up my no, vocals. Worry, no worries, no worries.
0: <laughs> I was going to ask a, an actor question. You know, is there a favorite persona that you have mm. to to embody?
1: I feel like I feel like I I want to be like in romantic comedies but uh-huh. like, like like really like <laughs> like i feel like that's my that's my lane is like yes. the romantic type like I'm, oh i've always God, been I a hopeless romantic that. but i like right. but i like judd apatow's like his brand of humor and in his romantic comedies like i don't want it to be cheesy i want it to be like legitimately right. hilarious like i yes. wanted i want to be funny like that's
0: yeah like, i, I want to be funny and funny. romantic yeah, you read my mind because my question was going to be like, "What's the epitome of that role in your opinion that that we can all yeah. you know go watch right now?" Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. So a serious romantic comedy.
1: Yes, uh, no, comedy. a funny romantic comedy, a goofy one. I like got goofy <laughs> romantic comedy, but like, but not, where the not love super... is real. Yes, where the <laughs> love is real, like a real romantic comedy, like not not like just a cheesy, right. predict super predictable. I'm trying
0: to think what's okay. You know what just popped into my head? What God, I love this man. Uh, P.S. I love you. Very serious, romantic Uh, comedy. It was funny. But Gerard, which one, which one is that?
1: Oh, this, is when, yes, when this is when, yes, this is when
0: Gerard Butler passes away, but he knew that it was going to happen. And uh, okay, instead gotcha. of telling her, he wrote letters and stuff leading up to
2: yeah, his
0: passing. And, you know, it changed her life and she would get all the letters each week and stuff like that. Got you. So that to me, it was a pretty serious <laughs> film. Mm-hmm.
1: See, Gerard I want to be Butler's. like, I want to be like Paul Rudd in a romantic comedy
0: you want to be the real guy you want to be the man's oh. man that's in love
1: yeah and and funny and awkward I I like i feel luck. like that's my i feel like that's my vibe it's like i'm funny and awkward and romantic at the same time but you're and still everybody.
0: so charming and you're smooth like you've got all the things <laughs> all the things combined
1: oh my this gosh. is you're don't turn kind. don't
0: blush too hard i see it okay okay you're okay, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. jk <laughs> But no, yeah. for real. Okay, that that makes total sense. You've definitely mm-hmm. got yourself pinned accurately. Yeah, that's, this is. That's
2: my...
0: It's so fun to to flip the pages, you know, of your experience since yeah. stepping out on a limb and taking such a big risk, and trusting God to lead you through this huge lifestyle shift. And that huge lifestyle shift, you have grown in confidence. Um, you know, you've grown in wisdom,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you've only continued to be shaped and molded into this gentleman of god i was going to say man of god but you have to include the fact that as you can all see anyone watching and listening this is a classy gentleman here okay (laughs) and i am absolutely i am not surprised that you know regardless of whether or not you believe in karma we'll use that word for all intensive purposes it feels like God is just like, you know, you know, that huge piece of your identity, that thing that you decided two years ago that you Mm want. I'm not just going to give it to you because you want it. That's great. That's fine. That's dandy. But it feels like the only puzzle piece that was beginning to go missing. You know, you've had Mm -hmm. a successful start. You, like you said, the, the amount of joyous moments, they are countless. So in the last six years, you have been able to dive into understanding yourself as an actor understanding and loving yourself as a singer as a dancer as a photographer you've moved through these last several years um you've just been blessed i was gonna say you moved through smoothly but we can't we can't give you all the credit this is about god guiding you and keeping you this entire time 100 but then the one like the biggest puzzle piece that was missing yeah has been your biological father and his family and siblings that you did not know you had. And this is something that just occurred very, very recently. Right. <sighs> like, right. tell me about that. But because yeah. of this conversation on a spiritual level, how full do you feel? How complete do you feel? You know, what void has been filled? I can't well, even imagine. I want to hear from you about it.
1: Well... It's, uh, it still hasn't really sunk in yet.
0: Mm, unreal.
1: Yeah, it's still kind of unreal because it's, well, for one, let me, let me go into the story. (laughs)
0: You know what, I'll even let me, uh, I'll I'll give you a story mode. Here you go, here you go.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Not me.
0: I I clicked the wrong one. He's going into the story. Talk to me. All
1: right. So, I, um, I probably i don't know six weeks ago i uh i went on i was talking to my uh to my cousin who i met on ancestry.com and um and she asked me she's like have you been on on ancestry lately and i'm like no actually i haven't i'm like let me let me i should go and check to see if i have any new um dna matches and so i went on and i saw that i did i had two new DNA matches with the same last name so I hit them both up and I and I told them what I knew about my father and I asked them to uh, if they could if they could help me out in finding him and um, one of them hit me back and she said uh, I'm I know somebody my aunt might know your father uh, she knows a Bobby with that same uh, with that same birthday and um, she she would like to talk to you so she gave me her number and I called her and and she gave me some more information. She said that, you know, he lives in Chicago and that's where I was conceived. I know, my mom's from Chicago. So, um, so I just, um, I kind of, I was nervous. I was nervous to to kind of talk to her and and know that this was my father, but she sent me a picture and I saw myself in him so much. (laughs) She said, "It's like your father's on the left. I could see there's three. There's three men in the picture. Um, It was my my father, his brother, and then some other man. I don't know who he was, but um, I could tell right away which one it was. Looked just like me, to me at least. Uh, Mm -hmm. I could see myself in him. I'm like that's." yeah, that's, that's my father, I could see even the eyes, the cheeks and, and it was so surreal. Cause I'm like, I've never seen wow. any of my family members really look that much like me. And it was just like, mm. I've gone 28 years without really seeing a family resemblance with the, with the uh, exception of, you know, my, my mom and my brothers, just a little bit, like I, I don't, mm. it's kind of, you know, just little things cause they're, cause my mom is white and my, and my brothers are white. So it's a little bit harder to see that resemblance. Um, but I saw it in my father. And I, I called my mom and my biological mother and told her, and sent her the picture, and she confirmed it. She's like, "Yep, that's him. No doubt, no, no doubt in my mind that that's him." Wow. He looks exactly the same. He looks just like he did when I when I met him. Hmm. So um, so we confirmed it, and uh, my who I was talking to, my relative that I was talking to, who is my aunt, she um, told him and confirmed it with him and he was kind of in denial at first but he kind of then he remembered um that night and and he uh i didn't hear anything for like a few days and and then she messaged me and said hey your uh, your dad's ready to talk wow. <laughs> and uh <clears throat> so he um so he gave me a call and and we talked for a, a while and it was it was crazy. We I learned a lot. I learned that I had um, four more siblings. So I went from growing up an only child to having six siblings total. He has three daughters and one other son. So I have I have three brothers and three sisters. Um, yeah, so six siblings total. Crazy. <laughs> And where do you uh,
0: fall in terms of the, uh, I'll put you back. Where do you fall in the, the age brackets?
1: So I'm pretty much in the middle. Um, my my sister Monica and I are the same age. We're both 28. She's six months older than me. But we we would be the middle children. And we have two older sisters, uh, Stacy and Candace. And then younger brother is Bobby. He's 25.
0: <clears throat>
1: wow. So right in the middle. <laughs> Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't met them all yet. I haven't met my dad yet. So it hasn't really sunk in yet. We have not been face to face,
0: but you are going to Chicago when
1: I don't have a date yet, but okay, I'm going okay. to Chicago. But
2: soon.
1: Yes. soon. I'm going to try to, to go out there at the end of the month or the beginning of next month. I'm gonna, and you did talk.
0: spend some time with two of your siblings. When
1: I did earlier this week or uh, last week now. So Monday and Tuesday of last week. They, they came, they got here Sunday night. We met on Monday and um, and hung out. We went to the beach. We went to Venice Beach. We hung out all day. And it was like the experience, <laughs> like meeting them. I, I didn't know how joy. I was going to react. Yeah, I didn't know how I was going to react, but I met them. And it just seemed so normal because we had talked before. Me and my brother, BJ, we had talked. Uh,
0: BJ, had, oh.
1: Yeah, Bobby Jr. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. So me and me and BJ talked on the phone for like five hours the first night that we that they found out about me. So they found out about me. They were shocked. But, you know, Monica, my sister, she was like, she was like, I need to talk to him. (laughs) So she called me. um, We video chatted that night that he finally told them, you know, he was nervous to tell them because he didn't know how they would react because he he was just finding out about me. So, you know.
0: You are so blessed, Zachariah. This same or very similar scenario happens all the time. And Mm -hmm. people may not receive, you know, this information and this experience the same way. So to know that you and BJ talked on the phone for five hours, Mm -hmm. to know that Monica was like, who is he? I want to meet him. Where's he at? You know, like that's almost the opposite of how some families react to this situation so like mm-hmm. to say that you're blessed is an understatement i'm so happy for you you have yeah and then to bro and then for you to already have this wisconsin life full of love you know and then to just have more love and family members piled onto you the year 2021 after everything we went through last year like right what is your life blessed and and this is what I want to make clear to our viewers and listeners in case they don't realize it already. Like it's clear that you are so deserving of all of this. I am not Thank surprised you. at all. Thank in you so much. how steadfast you are and how much class and integrity and dignity you clearly have, you know, in the ways that you've been dedicated to both God and yourself. Of course this would happen for you.
1: Thank you so much. And I and I give God the glory because I knew I knew, you know what? It's a promise, it's one of God's promises that I hold on to. Um, the most because I know it's it's just such a testament of to how God loves us and how much God loves us is that you know if we delight in the Lord that all the desires of our heart will be met
2: Amen.
1: and there was you know I don't I don't doubt many things like if it's something that I want that I feel that I want in my heart like I know that it's going to happen so like even if nobody else believes in me or nobody else knows it I believe that it's going to happen because God mm-hmm. said it was going to happen because I love God and I and I am unashamedly love right. God. And you did And um him, like it says. Yeah, and and I know that that I will get the things that I I want in my heart because God put those desires in my heart. Right. That's not for no reason, you know. So mm. so um with this there was a very, you know, logically, there's a very good chance that my father wouldn't want to meet me. He wouldn't want anything to do with me. He, who he, who knows, like he could have been dead. I, I don't. I. There's so many unknowns. So many unknowns. Yeah. You know. So the possibilities were endless. But I knew, this is exactly, pretty much exactly how I, foresee foresaw this going. And uh, you know, he he was so gracious and and just like as as caught off guard (laughs) as as he was by me my existence (laughs) uh he was you know he had such a, a gracious reaction you know he's he felt regret in the sense that he wished that he had known. There was nothing he could do about it, but right. he had wished that he had known. He had wished that he had done things that he couldn't have known or foreseen that, right. you know, for him to be in my life longer. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so he, he basically told me, like, if I had known, like, we would have we would have taken you in. Instead of you being adopted, we would have mm-hmm. taken you. Um, I would have raised you. Like, you would have been with us instead of, you know, regardless of what him and his his wife at the time were going through. He's like, you know, we would have taken you in. So, <clears throat> wow. so um, that was, I just I just felt like so much love when he told me that. I'm like, wow, like, and, and it just made me realize like my dad, it's like, <laughs> no, it just made me realize it's like my dad's enough. a really good man. You know what I mean? Like my father's a, a really good man. And I feel like, I feel like I got a lot of things from him that I didn't, you know, it wasn't even, not to say, like my parents raised me very well.
2: Yes.
1: They raised me with love. They raised me very well. But there's there's some things there's certain things that I got that I that I there's certain things that I am that I didn't necessarily get from them that I just like I'm like I am this way. But I'm like I wasn't necessarily taught that. That's just how I am. I'm just like yeah. there's just certain things about me that I'm just like that's that's how I am. And um, mm-hmm. I see where I've got where I got those things now. You know, it's kind of it's just really interesting to see. And like, yeah, my my father is a he's a good man, and he raised his his kids. And you know, he uh, he's divorced now, um, but yeah, he he had four four other kids by by the same woman, and they they're all pretty awesome, <laughs> and they all love their dad. And it's just it's just yeah. really you know, none none of them have any kind of like any strange like different issues with with him as far as I know like it's just it just seems like a really good he's like a really good dad so
0: this is beautiful thank you for sharing that beautiful story
1: absolutely so I'm excited to meet him I haven't met him yet I haven't but we've talked on the phone um you know multiple times and I just uh I just look forward to it. I look forward to meeting my other two sisters and I look forward to meeting him and whatever else family that I'm going to meet when I'm in Chicago, when I go out there. Um, but oh it's been, man. it's yeah, been a really I, oh my crazy gosh, development. You're on
0: such a beautiful <laughs> journey.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. truly, mm-hmm. truly. So I'm, I'm really blessed and I'm, I'm happy to, happy to be, to be on this journey. And on top of that, um, when my when my brother and sister Monica and BJ were out here yeah they have they have other cousins out here they have two mm-hmm. cousins out out here and uh, I met one of them um last week Nadia um, I think they go by Paris now but yeah so mm-hmm. Paris so I know I know them as Paris so Paris is a model out here um, for Wilhelmina
0: nice
1: and Super dope. We like had a dope connection like right away. Yeah. So, so we actually hung out last night. Like and Sweet. Paris introduced me to to their brother Tony. So, so Tony. So more uh,
0: connections made already. I'm assuming yeah. that you're going to end up shooting with Paris sometime soon. Pro-
1: probably. I don't know. Asap. We'll see. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hopefully that'd be cool. Yeah. Super dope model. Uh, <clears throat> and then um, Tony, he lives like five minutes away from me like
0: are you serious
1: yeah if I, he lives around the corner like we all hung out last night <laughs> like we all we all went we went to get some uh some drinks and some food last night and they came over for a little bit and now we're we're gonna go sing karaoke tonight so oh
0: well, yeah, well let me be, get out of your way then sir oh I mean, no it's I gonna say? be I don't
1: even know. it's it's early it's it's early it's right, only, like, early five five for
0: you it's like yeah that. Yo, that's, look at, listen, so many open doors that clearly mm-hmm. deserve to be opened for you yeah. and to you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any favorite moments that, like, pop into your mind uh regarding the time that you spent with BJ? And it was BJ and Monica that were there. Yeah. Yeah, do you have any favorite moments? Like, <laughs> in my mind, did you finish each other's sentences? Did you order the same thing at a restaurant? <laughs> anything anything um, magical like that?
1: They were... BJ and Monica are really close so they yeah. they're like they have the same they're like we have the same palate and everything I'm like that's crazy they ordered um they're a little bit more picky eaters than I am but they uh, they had this burger we went to the we went with the brunch and they had mm-hmm. a burger I had breakfast I feel like like I like breakfast food as my first meal of the day like oh, yeah. almost no matter what yeah. like I feel weird if I don't eat breakfast food for my first meal <laughs> like hey I need eggs and bacon <laughs> and you know or, some, or something. Something it breakfasty. Is. I don't know. But, um,
0: breakfasty.
1: Breakfasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some breakfasty, you know. <laughs> but yeah. it's more, it's more so the music. Our taste in music is the same. Like, like,
0: more Stevie we, Wonder lovers.
1: Yes. I got some video of us singing Stevie Wonder together. Like, we we're they were harmonizing and I was singing. Some Stevie, it was it was crazy. I'm like, this is this is so surreal. My brother Bobby, he really likes Bruno Mars a lot. That's that's his his guy. Um, Bruno's great. Yeah, but yeah, me and Bobby have a lot in common. Like like he he's a big movie buff. Like more than wow. bigger than me. Like I have like there's a piece of wow. each of my siblings that I have like like my sister Stacy, she plays the violin. I used to play the violin when I was when I was younger. Um, wow. Same with Monica. I think Monica play the violin for a little bit but Stacy still plays the violin and Stacy sings too. I think she's the most musical one.
0: This is such a magical experience. Mm-hmm. This this needs to be made into a movie.
1: That's that's the I mean I'm documenting it all so wow. <clears throat> so I, I want to, you know, eventually one day make it into a documentary. So
0: amazing.
2: Yeah. Mhm.
1: Yeah, it's going to be pretty so, crazy.
0: Again, yeah. It's clear that you deserve all of this, and right now you are on and popping as a photographer within the yeah. LA area. Yeah. To bring to bring things somewhat full circle, so you just spent time with your newly found siblings in LA mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. We see you've got the setup behind you. You got the lighting, the backdrop, and everything. I've Got
1: the lighting. Yep.
0: And photography has clearly treated you well. Your photos. <laughs> yeah. I love how vibrant they are. They're so mm. the colors, the way that Thank you create you. your colors and your pictures are beautiful.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And to know that you're so multi-talented, and that success can and will come to you in a variety of ways, um, you know, whether you're singing on a Columbus short track, <laughs> or singing with Stevie Wonder himself, whether you are on yet another set of a, a huge movie. This has already happened multiple times now. Whether you are dancing in Carnival, like, and it doesn't have to be Carnival, like you can be recognized, you can be in the next biggest music video, like somebody Mm -hmm. call Missy Elliott, please, because this man is talented. (laughs) He needs to dance for Missy. The list goes on. I would, your photography will be published one day. It will end up in a magazine. You will be a published photographer. Mm -hmm. This is-
1: It has has ended up in a magazine.
0: See, I didn't even, (laughs) <laughs> Who what when where how when
1: um, it wasn't it's not a, any like big necessarily huge magazines but you know it's been it I've been Still. in some my uh, photography's been in a couple magazines um, I shot the model of uh, an actress uh Crystal Lee Naomi she's she's a really dope actress um, she's in the show Sisters on BET Nice and uh, she was in Jane the Virgin and she was in um, she was also on Dear White People there we go yeah super super dope actress so it's already happening so uh, it, it has so happened it's, it's happening
0: have consistently flowed for how long now and they continue to do so mm-hmm. from the chair that you are in right now yeah sitting in la mm-hmm. to bring our interview to a lovely close to round it out knowing what the mission of this podcast is to one Amplify your voice and magnify your light, which I feel has been done so far today. If that doesn't inspire everyone that watches and listens enough to just hear your story, to, to hear about the things that you stand for and have stood for, to hear about your different experiences and the positions that you've put yourself into, knowing that you were led and protected by God in order to continue to have these blessings happen for you. If all of that doesn't hit them, Zach, what are your closing thoughts? What would you want to give to people to let them know from your perspective, to inspire them, encourage them, motivate them? What does Zacharias Schmidt have to say?
1: I would say do what makes you happy at all costs.
0: Because at all costs is what at
1: all costs because don't just do
0: what makes you happy. No, 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 not just what makes you happy, but Mm -hmm. at all costs.
1: Right. Yep. Do what's going to make you happy and what's going to make you your best self. Because only you can live your life. You're the only person that can you can live your life, and that's your only responsibility is for you to live your life. So make it fun. Make it, make it full of joy, and. And live it to your best potential. I uh, posted something yesterday too that kind of pertains to that. It said, uh, "If you are the best person that you know, you're probably around the wrong people. Mm. <clears throat> so surround yourself with people that are better than you to to elevate you you to new levels in life. And uh, don't be afraid to to uh, distance yourself from people who are holding you back.
2: Mm.
1: Because, like I said, only you can live your life. So You know, if you have to unfortunately, you know, hurt some people in the process, not intentionally, obviously, but, you know, if people, people can't live your life for you. If people want you to do one thing and you know that those things are not for you and you know that that their life is not or what they're doing isn't necessarily beneficial to you and what you know that you can do and you know that you're destined for. You need to do what's best for you, always.
0: Mm. And as the creator of this podcast and the conductor of this interview, I would like to connect to what you just said and say to anyone watching or listening right now, he said, make it full of joy. He said, make it something that brings you happiness. And there is something that most likely popped into your head when you heard this from Zachariah the Great. That's my new nickname for you, Zachariah the Great. (laughs) When you heard this, there was most likely something that popped into your head that you feel as though is not serving you, is pulling you down, is discouraging you. There was something or someone. And we're here to tell you that you have the power and that you can find the courage to release that so that you can step forth into your most authentic and joyful self. That is what I'd like to say after your beautiful words. Amen. Zach, why are you so great, dude? (laughs)
1: <laughs> look i'm just i'm just a vessel man like but you bring it you bring you bring the best out of people i can see you you made it you made it super easy for for uh for me to say the things that i meant you know Yes. and uh you made me feel very comfortable and i appreciate you and the way you conducted this interview was amazing you are extremely gifted in this area stop we Please keep going. Nope, listen to what I'm saying. I'm listening. <laughs> please keep going, please keep doing this because what you're doing is incredible and what you're doing is is needed because I've making, you make me feel important, you make everybody that, that comes sure. in contact with you feel important and that is an amazing, amazing quality to have.
0: Thank you. So thank I'm going you. to hold that, no, you're so welcome and I really appreciate that. I'm gonna hold that very close, 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 close to my heart. Um, I'm I'm really passionate about this. I love doing it, and I'm just grateful. I can
1: tell. It. I can However, tell. When you love God something, you do like, it well.
0: <laughs> yo, thank you. God definitely mm-hmm. was like, Psh, "Hey, come on, girl. You know you want to do this. You know you're supposed to be doing Look. this." Like that's unfortunately, or not unfortunately, that's how he had to get it across to me. Uh, had to go through. I had to go over a few speed bumps before mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, I can do this." <laughs> so yes, uh, I can't thank you enough. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. You're fine. It was, awful. It was I will Listen,
0: night. if you think of anything else, and, and on a personal note, I want to share with you, as you were speaking about your siblings and your dad, I, I absolutely was brought to tears um, when you were speaking about your father. But the thought of, oh, see, it's about to happen again. Shoot. The thought of your siblings or new family members, whoever they are, possibly seeing this interview you did a phenomenal job Um, I think it was a great conversation I love everything that you expressed but I feel as though the essence of who you truly are really came through so I kind of like had a vision of Monica and BJ like sitting together and throwing this on their laptop or something and just listening to you talk about your experiences before they met you after they met you how you feel about things and the way that they've gone so far with meeting you know finding out about your father and his family but even before that you know your love for acting the information about Antoine Fisher and and you saying what Jordan Sparks and like there are just so many little pieces that I know I was gonna say I feel like but no I know your siblings or new cousins or new aunts and uncles and whatever happens when you get to Chicago they might catch wind of this interview and really listen to it and really be like, "Yo, this is our new nephew. Like, this is our new brother." What? <laughs> beautiful. Your spirit is just beautiful. Period. So, so thank much. you for bringing your spirit onto the podcast so I can make sure more people know how beautiful it is.
1: Uh, thank you so much. You you're an angel.
0: You're an angel. <laughs> we can keep calling each other beautiful names all day. Shout out to Luana G. Yo, shout out to Luana for real. You looking fresh to death over there breaks like a roof fly. If you gonna shout out Luana Gina, I gotta shout out Tresentials in Raleigh, North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You, see the braids? you see the braids shining. You know what I mean?
1: Look at that. Look, look at that. that. Look at that. Mm, Give mm. yourself a little a little solo uh window for that. that.
0: <laughs> you got all the solo window. Here we go. So There's shout out to Tresentials in Raleigh, yeah. North Carolina. Ooh. If you want your hair hooked up, you need to see Tamisha Ocone because she will slay all day. Okay. And we're gonna mind. slide right over here. You know what I'm saying? Talk to me about Luana.
1: Yeah, okay, so Luana Jean, if you're in Los Angeles, hit up Luana Jean at Luana Jean on Instagram, because she's fire, she's the best, and my head doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, I can't say the same. My head hurts. But you know what that means? I mean, she braided with love, okay, people? Your braids
1: are a lot heavier than mine too. Yes, sure. yes, yes. It, it didn't hurt while it was happening either, my, my Right,
0: right. I love it. I can't you. wait to I can't wait for both of them to see this
2: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: impromptu commercial we just shot. Exactly. You're the best. I love yeah. reflecting you. I really do. Right. We will talk soon. I gotta go potty. <laughs> All right. All right.